Hey NWHL fans, Eric Ayala here, bringing you another episode of the independently run NWHL-centric Founding Four podcast. We are a women's hockey podcast, live on Transistor FM, but can be found basically anywhere you play your podcasts. Welcome to another episode. This is a regular episode, but have some very exciting bonus episodes coming from my time at the Rivalry Series. I should say the lead up to the Rivalry Series. This episode's actually dropping late on Friday, but Saturday, tomorrow, December 14th, it is the Rivalry Series, USA Hockey versus Hockey Canada on the women's side up in Hartford, Connecticut. So more coming on the Founding Four bonus episodes. But let's get into the week that was in the NWHL. We had two matchups, but both involved the Riveters. First, they hosted a home game. They hosted the Boston Pride. Then on Sunday, they went head-to-head with the Connecticut Whale. Let's cut to the chase. Boston Pride coming in a perfect 10-0. That was our episode from last week as they take on the Riveters once again in New Jersey. It ended, the weekend ended, I should say, for the Boston Pride with an 11-0 record. That's right, they're still undefeated at the top of the table. The Riveters had a strong start but ultimately lost 8-3. Sam Walther in net for the Riveters, she played the first two periods, and then Dana DiMartino came in for the Riveters, saw eight shots, got eight saves. So good for that second goaltender for the Riveters to get some time. In net for the Boston Pride, with Lovisa Salander away with Team Sweden, it was Victoria Hansen gets her second start, gets her second win for the Boston Pride. We saw eight goals in this game. Jillian Dempsey nearly got a hat trick. We saw that Alyssa Wolffiler and Mary Parker were also cutting it up here. Actually, all three of those players are your three stars of the game. Mary Parker, the first star, two goals and two assists. Alyssa Wolffiler, one goal and one assist. And as I mentioned, Jillian Dempsey, third star. She had two goals and one assist. So... That is the Boston Pride on Saturday winning 8-3 over the Riveters at Pro Skate. Boston Pride heads back to Boston, and they actually have this weekend off, but the Riveters went up to the Connecticut Whale, and they were able to get that win against the Whale. So that means that the Whale, unfortunately, have their streak continue. It's the exact opposite, unfortunately, of the Boston Pride. Connecticut Whale still winless. They lose this game at home 3-2 at the hands of the Riveters. Your three stars all from that top line for the Riveters. Kendall Cornine, first star, two goals in the game. Madison Packer, one goal and one assist. Her goal got it started just like last time these two teams played in Connecticut. Madison Packer, captain of the team, and your second star, and the third star, Kate Leary, two assists. Actually, it was scoreless in the first period, and in this game, it was Sam Walther. So she got her bell rung on Saturday, but she starts in net for the Riveters on Sunday. And then for the Connecticut Whale, instead of Sonia Shelley, we see Brooke Waleko get her first start. 
she saw 31 shots, made 28 saves for a .903 save percentage in her first NWHL action. Sam Walther, who would ultimately get the win for the Riveters, she saw 23 shots, was able to make 21 saves for a .913 save percentage on Sunday. Also a physical game, over 10 penalties. I think it was 11 total for both across both teams. But what we saw is that the Connecticut Whale got pretty banged up. I've always wanted the Whale this season to be a little bit more physical. Unfortunately, that did not bode well. We saw players like Shannon Doyle. She had a, an injury to her finger. We saw Kayla Menigan went down for a little bit. And unfortunately, Jordan Brickner went down early in this game, did not return. Every other Connecticut Whale player that got a little bit banged up was able to return, including Shannon Doyle. But Jordan Brickner did not return. Spoke to someone from the Connecticut Whale staff after the game. Sounds like at minimum she's dealing with a concussion and they were hoping to get more news after she was evaluated on Sunday. So wishing the best for Jordan Brickner and all of the other Whale players that got banged up on Sunday, but the Connecticut Whale will not be in action this upcoming weekend. Before we get to what we'll see this weekend starting tomorrow, let's hear from Evo Mosak. He is the head coach of the Riveters. This is his first NWHL season. He talks about the split and will use his We'll, and we'll use my conversation with Evo to actually transition into what we can expect from this weekend. So here we go, my conversation with Evo Mosak. So I wanted to talk to you about um, just overall thoughts about splitting this weekend. It was a tough game at home. Um, and then you come here and, and you get the win against uh, the Whale after they were able to get that equalizer. Uh, yeah, it's a, you know what, it's a win. It was a... The game yesterday, I think we had a really good start into that game yesterday. First period, I think it was one of our better uh, offensive games. And then second period happened, right? So uh, we just made some like unfortunate defensive mistakes. And uh, against a team like Boston, it's just it's it's so hard, you know, to trail, you know, and always keep coming back. But yesterday, you know, we we did have the ability, you know, to score goals and 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 play a good game with them, but. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, kind of stuff happened. Today, uh, um, I think, again, we started off really well. I believe that if we did get on a board in the first period, we did get some goals in that first period, that could have been a, a different game. So it was a little bit of a tug of war for a little longer than we expected. And uh, But again, it's, it's, it's a win, you know, so that's what matters. That's what counts. Yeah, and I think, you know, if I'm reading between the lines a little, I, I, I said on the broadcast that last time you played the Whale, I don't think either team really played up to their potential. I think you definitely did a better job of that. But even talking to Kira in the intermission, I think regardless of the opponent, there's still things that it, it seems like this Riveters team knows that they're capable of that hasn't quite become second nature and become muscle memory yet. Um, what's your take on what some of those things might be and, and how refining some of that will help you toward the latter part of the season i would say it's the players getting more confident you know like believing in their ability so uh and i it has been you know getting better especially with uh with our rit line you know um kendall brooke and, and mallory like yesterday for example i think they were probably our best line up there today um 
Kendall scored two big goals again. So uh, it's it's more about that confidence, you know, and just kind of getting used to each other. But uh, listen, it's uh, it's only so much we can do, you know, with two practices a week, and uh, especially with our month-long break, you know, it, it, with no games. But uh, we're getting there, you know. It's it's a work in progress, but uh, we're we're getting there. We're we're the players kind of gel together, you know, so we're on the right track, I would say. For sure, and I mean, the last time we spoke, I, I remember just being very impressed about how high intensity the practice is for the Riveters um, that, 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 you know, that you are instructing, uh, how high intensity they are. It does seem, just because of the nature of the league, and it, it's, you know, as you mentioned, short um, short times that you get them in throughout the week, that there might also have to be some coaching and development that you and your staff do just around the, the mental part of the game Game. And I'm just curious, you, you and, and the rest of the staff, what your approach is to that as talking to a goalie like Sam Walter, who, except for Luisa Salander, sees the, the most shots in the league. And, you know, that's not necessarily something that you can physically fix as far as more practice reps for her because of the nature of, of the league. Uh, I agree with you. It's it's uh, when we're off the ice, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, me and the staff, you know, we're trying to communicate with the players as much as we can. You know, it's... Uh, Sure, we, we can get things done on the ice during practice, but uh, it's it's also that uh, that mental part of it, you know. Especially with Sam, you know, with, she's a goalie. You know, for example, yesterday uh, I told her after a second period that uh, she just not that she, but uh, we just didn't play well in second period. I didn't want her to suffer in there, you know, for 20 more minutes. And it was a good opportunity for uh, for Dana, you know, to get in there, you know, see some ice time. And I think she did really well. She she did her job, and I told her that. And at the same time, I told uh, I told Sam after that game that she's going to bounce back today, which I think she did. You know, and uh, like you said, you know, she's been getting a lot of shots, a lot of action, and uh, she's been out there for us, and she's been doing a great job. So uh, communication, you know, it's it's a big key of my coaching style, I would say, and, and the, the mentality of this team. I'll get you out of here on this coach, but uh, you'll hit the road again and you'll see Minnesota. You split that series. It was basically night and day, and Moose was able to get that that OT uh, winner. But are there ways that you think this team has been able to grow and develop that maybe will make this series with Minnesota a little bit different than we saw in the early part of this season? That's exactly what I told uh, my players after this game today. I told them that... Uh, we're going back to Minnesota. We all know what happened there last time when we were there. And uh, But since then, we have done a lot of work. You know, we have done a lot of work. We played Boston a bunch of times, you know, which is a tough opponent, which I believe kind of prepared us, you know, for that uh, for that kind of game against Minnesota. So uh, I, I'm i expecting uh, a different weekend than we had, than we had last time up there. And uh, I believe the most important um, aspect in that uh, the whole weekend will be just to have a good start in a game in each one of the games. Just um, keep them off the board for as long as you can, you know, being patient and just do our thing. Well, best of luck to you, Coach. Thank you Always very a much. pleasure. Nice Thank you. you. We'll, and we'll use my conversation with Evo to actually transition into what we can expect from this weekend. So here we go my conversation with Evo Mosak. All right, thanks again to Coach Evo for talking to me a little bit after Sunday's game. As you can tell, lots of things that the Riveters still want to work on. 
And, but I really enjoyed talking to Evo about how he and his staff approached the mental part of the game. We know there are some limitations to the NWHL season uh, for a variety of reasons. So that does mean that the mental aspect of the game, especially for a player like Sam Walther, who has said she kind of wears her heart on her sleeve. We've had her on the podcast before. It's really important for coaches to, at minimum, be mindful of how their players approach the game mentally and be able to be supportive so that they can get best results, knowing that their players are likely not getting as many reps on the ice as they would like to. So thanks to Coach Evo, talks about the split, but as I said, to transition into the weekend, we saw the Riveters put up an eight spot, or they, uh, excuse me, they allowed the Boston Pride to put up an eight spot on Saturday. That's actually not the most amount of goals that Sam Walther has faced and that the Riveters defense has allowed. That came in Minnesota, the Minnesota Whitecaps, Whitecaps excuse me, the Minnesota Whitecaps put up a nine spot on this Riveters team. That tells me the Riveters really got to work on defense. But we also saw that by Sunday, the Minnesota Whitecaps actually fell to the Riveters four to three. Rebecca Moose Morris, one of the alternate captains for the Riveters this year, got that overtime goal to get the first win of the Riveters season. So on the one hand, as you heard Coach Evo say, there are definitely some things that they want to clean up, but they know that they're a different team than they were last time they were in Minnesota. They also have in their back pocket that uh, on both sides, they know that this Minnesota team can run up the score, but they also know that they can hang with this Minnesota team. Again, that's when the mental aspect of the game becomes important. So thank you so much, Evo, Coach Evo, for talking to me. I've got two questions that I'm going to address on this podcast. Oh, and I also got a question about sponsorship or more of a comment that I want to get into. So, but let's first get into the questions that I was sent whilst stranded in Danbury. All right, here we go. First question up from Angie at AMK8181. Can Boston be beaten? Short answer, yes. I've said before on this podcast that my top choices of who can beat Boston would be the Riveters and the Buttes. The Riveters had their chance on Saturday, didn't get it done. The Buttes will have their chance to take on the Boston Pride at home for the first time this season next weekend. So I'm still going with those two teams. Why? The Riveters have a physicality that no other team has. Now, we know that that sometimes gets them into the penalty box. But I think if they can hone that in, they're a team that has good size, but they're also a team that is quick, and they're a team that has scorers. That top line, again, we mentioned they were the three stars, Leary, Cornine, and Packer. Those are scorers. You have Moose that can score. Um, And so I like the team in that respect. They do lack some discipline, and I think they are weak on defense. So the Buffalo Buttes, I think, are a more evenly balanced team. I don't think they have as many scoring options that have presented themselves this season. You have, of course, Brooke Stacy really had a strong start to the season. I think as far as scoring goals herself has been a little bit quiet than we were, than we are kind of had become accustomed to. 
But uh, Brooke Stacy is still a scorer. She can get assists. She can get goals. You gotta watch out for her. Taylor Accursi loves a power play goal. I don't think Taylor Kersey has met a power play that she don't like. So gotta watch out for Taylor Kersey. Also, Kareen Bowie. I think Kareen Bowie has been consistent, but maybe a little is flying a little bit under the radar. That's a mistake. Anyone who's scouting for the other teams, do not take Kareen Bowie for granted. I will say that until the cows come home because it's true. Don't sleep on buoy so that's why those two are my pick thanks for the question angie and now we're gonna go to red wallaby and it's wall abby i see what you did there i see what you did there thanks for the question abby it's a two-parter here we go what do the whale need to win and related if you steal in parentheses trade for a player to help the whale who would it be Okay, second part of this question, I'm thinking of two players. First part of this question, what do the whale need to win? Well, first of all, let me say I definitely think that they're related. But okay, first part of the question, what do the whale need to win? They have a need. A need for speed and for a sniper. Those are the two things that they need. The whale... Connecticut whale need a sniper and they need some speed. The Connecticut whale, if you look at inch for inch, I would argue just my eye test tells me that they're the undersized team in the league. So yeah, they could also use some height, but more importantly, I think, is a little bit more speed. And again, they don't have the size to kind of uh, bully out their opponent along the boards. Uh, So a little more speed. They got to get on the break. They have to get in behind defense. They have to win pucks that are 50-50 by getting to the puck first because they might not be able to kind of uh, scrap it out to win the puck. They need a sniper. Um, They need someone who's going to be lights out. That's what they need. So with a trade. First, what I'll say about trades is, historically in the NWHL, trades are very difficult and definitely happen between regional opponents. Part of that is because to relocate when you have another job or you have other obligations that are close to your market is a little bit difficult. Not likely that we'll see Minnesota, for example, make a trade with another team unless there happens to be a player that can and or is relocating. But if that didn't exist, we lived in an alternate universe where we could select anyone and have open trades, I would trade for Allie Thunstrom or Brooke Stacy. Speed and size. Speed, size, and snipe. The three S's. I think both of those players give you that. Allie Thunstrom, about average size but above average speed and she's got the snipes she's got the snipes she's she definitely is someone that can light up the lamp i like ali thunstrom for a a team like connecticut i think she'd make an immediate impact and that's another thing at this point we are assuming everyone makes the playoffs but connecticut needs someone who's going to come in and make an immediate impact so for me that has to be a player that individually can be a playmaker and find their own goals, find their own points. For that same reason, I like Brooke Stacy. She's got an eye for the goal, and I like it. She uh, knows how to pick her spots. 
Brooke Stacy would be, again, another player, individual, has the talent, can be a playmaker, can find her own goals, but then you incorporate her or an Allie Thunstrom into a system and allow them to set up other players like a Casey Anderson, like a Kayla Menigan, like a Jane Morissette. I like it. I like it. So that's what I have, Abby. That's what I have, Angie. Now, last week, I wasn't able to get to this question. It was a question slash comment, and I got the comment after I had recorded. Matt at Shockwave 311 or 311. A little bit of a vent rant. He says, it really irks me that the NWHL now sells the replica jerseys with an advertisement on it. Rant goes on. I know you will probably disagree because it's all about keeping the sponsor happy, which is why I live with the ads in game. But I really hope the league takes the Duncan Logan off the replicas or offers an option to buy the jersey without it. Okay, this is an interesting rant, vent slash question. I do not like, generally speaking, how we have gotten to basically everyone's kind of what you think of as the European football jersey style. However, in the last, mm, let's say five years or so, we're starting to see that change. And that's prime real estate. Traditional media is having to catch up on how to brand and advertise those areas. So I think the one thing that you know people are going to see, regardless of how they consume, what we're going to see the jerseys. The players are wearing the jerseys. We want to see the players, so we're going to see the ads. So my opinion on this has actually changed. If you want an authentic jersey, if you want a jersey that actually looks like what the players are wearing on the ice, then you have to deal with the patch. I'm indifferent about the logo. What I would like, though, and I'd even pay more for this, is for the jerseys to be more authentic in that we have the patches and not the sublimated numbers, not the sublimated nameplate, not even the sublimated Duncan patch. Maybe there should be an option to pay for extra for that. Okay, well, thank you, Abby. Thank you, Angie. Thank you, Matt, for your questions. As always, you can send your questions to at Founding4Pod on the Twitter. You can use hashtag Founding4Pod for me to find it. If you think of something throughout the week, you don't have to wait for me to ask for, for questions. You can just pop it in there. You can also send it via DM, as always. And uh, if I get it in time of the recording, I will put it on the podcast. Along those lines, make sure you are liking, sharing, and subscribing Founding 4 Pod. All right. Thank you all. A special shout out, as always, to the Patreon posse. The Founding 4 Podcast is a part of the Sports Talk with ELA Patreon posse. Until next week, until the next bonus episode, this is Erica Ayala signing off. Bye.